Welcome back, Amazon sellers. We have prepared something special for you in this podcast. A young Amazon seller known as Jimmy FBA scaled up his business by over 2,400% in just a few months. He's only started his Amazon business six months ago. His sales for the last months have skyrocketed to over $200,000. This is an incredible result, and we want to learn how he did it. We invited Jimmy FBA to share with us his story. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel for other seller stories. Just search Be Cool on YouTube. Check it out. Welcome to the next Amazon Top Seller Podcast. Stay updated with the latest Amazon news and learn the nitty gritty of selling on Amazon through Be Cool's ears of expertise in the Amazon world. I'm Samuel and I am the host of this podcast brought to you by the fantastic Amazon experts in Be Cool. Let's start our journey to become the next Amazon top seller. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Today, Biko invited the guest who's not been selling on Amazon for too long, but for the few months he's been selling on Amazon, he increased his sales by approximately 2,400%. Today, James is going to share a lot of different tips, like product sourcing tips and some other useful knowledge with all of you. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome James, aka Jimmy FBA. Hello, James. How are you? Good. How are you? For the first question, like I want to ask you, like, can you introduce yourself to some people who might don't know you yet? Yeah, sure. So I'm James, but online I go by Jimmy FBA. Been selling for almost six, seven months now, and I, it's my full-time gig now. It's great. Oh, that's perfect. So, like, how do you decide to sell on Amazon? Like, and is Amazon your first online business? So Amazon wasn't my first online business. I started with a marketing agency. And that didn't, too, that didn't go too well. And so I saw a course by Flips for Miles and Fields of Profit, went ahead and purchased that and this history. So. Oh, that sounds interesting. So before like Amazon, you used to do like some marketing, right? And then you decided that like it's a, a good to try Amazon business as well. Yeah, yeah. Mar marketing didn't do too well, so. Oh, and so far like you've been selling on Amazon like for seven months, right? Around there, yeah, yeah. Mm, okay. And like, can you describe a day as an Amazon seller? Like, how do you like, um, like what do you do like during the day? And like, what, what do you do like as an Amazon seller? Basically just wake up, check the, the sales in the morning. And if there's nothing else to do, I'll kind of do some backend. Work. If there's no prep to do, I'll do some backend work on my computer just here. And if there is prep to do, if I need to prep items to ship to Amazon, I'll go ahead and drive over to a warehouse and prep items and get those shipped out but besides that it, it's kind of laid back it's pretty nice at the moment like do you do like prepping products by yourself and also like the product sourcing and everything by yourself is it correct yeah by myself oh wow, wow that's interesting and at the moment like how do you think like you like how many hours would you spend like for product sourcing how many hours would you spend for like prepping your products how many hours would you spend like for listing or customer support during the day so sourcing products, I, I don't really spend much time, maybe five minutes. Most, most of my products are just products I can replenish. It's very, very mm -hmm. nice. For prep, that's a different story. Sometimes it'll be all night just prepping. Oh, and that's, wow. one bottle, that's one bottleneck I have in my business. So I think my next step is to start sending everything to a prep center. Mm -hmm. And what was the last, the last point again? Sorry. Oh, yeah. Maybe like... Uh... 
something like customer like customer support maybe you need to answer the customers so like sending the products to fba as well or like uh, something else like you would need to do or there's nothing much in terms of back-end stuff like just checking sales optimizing be cool and whatnot i would say 30 to an hour minute 30 minutes to an hour a day so yeah not too much also like yeah like during the day it seems like you would spend like around four hours right like in total for everything is it correct or like maybe a little bit more depends on the day if i have a lot of stuff to prep to send to amazon it'll be a lot more than four hours sometimes but typically it's an hour or two a day so okay that's not bad like that seems to be (laughs) pretty fun (laughs) i want to ask you like how much money did you start with like at the beginning so when i first bought the course i started out with around two thousand us dollars in cash Mm -hmm. and was it enough like to start amazon business like for you or you think like you would need to start like let's say like if you start from over again like would you still start with two thousand or you would invest a different amount i mean if i had more cash i I would definitely invest more but i think two thousand is a great amount to start at i think it's it's kind of Mm -hmm. a perfect point for a beginner if you Mm -hmm. go too low then you, you don't you don't have enough profit to pay for your software and if you go too high and it's only up from there so yeah all right and from this 2000 like how would you spend it like would you spend like all on inventory or you would also like do like some like tools like maybe like product sourcing tools or something else like how would you spend that 2000 us dollars if it were me personally i would allocate 20 dollars towards a seller multi-tool like seller app or rev seller mm-hmm. and then another 20 dollars towards keepa and then if I'm just starting out, I would do $50 towards a B-Cool. That's what mm-hmm. I started with. Right. I think there's a free trial as well. Am, am I correct on that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a 40-day free trial. Yeah. So, or free trial and then $50 a month. Because if you're just starting out, you won't have a big catalog. So you won't need many AI slots in B-Cool to set up. And then everything else I would spend on inventory. Oh, inventory. Okay. And... For that uh, amount of money, like you would purchase inventory, like how do you think, like like for how long, like it would uh, last? Like would it be like for a month, for like for two months, or like it all depends, like how how fast you would sell it. It, it depends on how fast you would sell it. And for me personally, I like to choose very high volume products, products sell very fast. Maybe not the best mm-hmm. return on investment, but still sell really fast. And in terms of time, I would say between a month, two months on there, month and a half. Yeah. From there, like you would just start to like reinvest. Like, so let's say like from those 2000, like you sell, like maybe like you get like 3000. So you just like reinvest that 3000 back to like get inventory and then like do it like over and over and over again. Right. That's kind of how I started out. I mean, I would say if you're thinking about quitting your job and starting Amazon, do Amazon for a bit. That way you have enough profits to reinvest. And then mm-hmm. maybe you can pay yourself or whatnot. That's my advice. And do you think it's possible to start Amazon as a side project, like like as a part-time job? It was easily, yeah. So I started out and it became my full-time oh, okay, gig. Out. Yeah. At the moment, like, do you use like FBA and FBM or do you use them both of them or like or just like one of? So it kind of depends on the time of year. Typically it's FBA. Well, year-round it's FBA. But if it's back to school season, at least in uh, the US, or if there's... Christmas season, Halloween, Easter, then I'll do FBM and get the products faster and for the customer and whatnot. How do you decide like when do you need to use FBA and when do you need to use FBM? Like how do you usually decide like it's a good product to use FBM or like yeah, how would you allocate it? 
So it kind of depends on the Amazon fees as well as mm -hmm. what time your inventory arrives to you. So if my inventory arrives for Christmas, like in November, I'll send it FBA. But if it arrives right now, then I'll do FBM because it won't have time. Amazon warehouses, fulfillment centers, and become available to sell. So yeah, that's how oh, I Right, sell. right, right. What kind of products do you usually sell on Amazon? Yeah, so I right now my big focus is on apparel and accessories. A bit of supplements, but right now the big one is apparel and accessories. So. Oh, okay. I see. So like when you choose like the item to sell, like, uh, is there like a specific price range you're looking for? Or like, is there anything you think uh, like you usually look for, like, or maybe like a specific ROI or like anything else? Like how do you usually decide like this is the good item that you want to sell? Yeah. So it can't be too big. I like things to be smaller, not small, though, nothing under $12 on Amazon. And mm -hmm. in terms of ROI, I try to go for at least 20 if it has a lot of volume. If it doesn't have that oh, kind of a volume, 25. Recently, it's been a lot higher because of the Christmas rush. And in terms oh, yeah, of monthly sales, nice. yeah. In terms of monthly sales, I try to go for at least seven, 800. And if it's a lower ROI item, I'll go for at least a thousand. Mm, okay, that, that's useful. Thank you. And how do you usually forecast the sales like for the month? So the tool I use is SellerAmp. And SellerAmp mm -hmm. will tell you the estimated monthly sales. And so you can kind of see, you know, how many estimated sales basically, as well as on the key offers tab, you can see the stock of other sellers. And so I'll look on that tab and see how fast is their stock going out of stock bought by depending on that. So. And also like, there's like sometimes like when the, a lot of sellers like start to sell like a specific item, like the competition is getting too high. And then like, it's also gonna getting harder to sell a specific item. Like, do you usually like avoid, uh, like find a way like to avoid the competition? Yeah, so one easy way to see this is if the Keepa offers graph is moving upwards, which means there's more sellers hopping on. And if I see that personally, that's just a huge red flag. Also, if you if I Google the item and it comes up on Google with the price that's automatically profitable on Amazon, then I'll just I won't buy it because other people can find it that easily as well, and it's just not worth it. How about your first item you sold on Amazon? Like, do you remember like what was that first item and how did you find that first item to sell? Yeah, so the item was a supplement called Colin Broom. And basically mm -hmm. the course I bought came with a community. And in that community, I, I was kind of clueless any profitable items and me saying, hey, buy this and source off of this listing. And that listing was Colin Broom and that's kind of how I got started, so. Oh, wow. Okay. That's cool. So like online course actually had like some, like some suggestion for the items as well. And do you remember like how much money do you spend for the online course? Yeah. So I, I want to say it was $350 mm -hmm. for the course and for the return on investment on that, it's, it's been huge for me. So yeah. Oh, right, right. That's really cool. How about like, what do you think is uh, the key to succeed on Amazon? Because I think there's a lot of people that start on Amazon, but like pretty fast they would give up. Like, so what do you think like is the key to succeed on Amazon? For me personally, I found my success by networking with other sellers. Because mm -hmm. if you put two and two together, it makes th oh, one plus one is three in this business model. That's what I like to say, because if you know something and someone else knows something and you don't know what each other knows, that makes sense. You can, you know, trade, share, build a friendship and basically scale together even faster than you would if you were alone. So that's my big strategy. And it's been great. I've made 
so many friends. It's awesome. How do you make sure that you won't uh, compete with uh, those people? Like, how do you guys gonna kind of like find a way that you actually gonna help each other, but not gonna hurt each other's business? Yeah. So the listings we share or the leads we share typically have a lot of volume, meaning mm -hmm. there's room for two in the room. If two, two or three extra sellers come on, I, I like to keep my, my circle, I guess, kind of small in terms of Amazon because of that. So, but yeah, yeah. I like to keep it small. Oh, okay. Perfect. Because of that reason. Okay, perfect. How about like product sourcing? Like what kind of tips can you give to people for the product sourcing? For product sourcing? I think the best way for me, especially for a beginner, would be to reverse source. See what other mm -hmm. storefronts are selling. If it's profitable, buy it as well. And it's very easy to do. And I think it's personally the best way to source. Once you become pretty seasoned and you know what you're doing, you can look at an item and know exactly which website to find it on, what coupons you can use, what sign bonus and whatnot. So. That's my strategy. So like at the moment, like, uh, like, would you suggest like to try to find items on eBay or like, oh, it's not necessary. It can be eBay. Like it can be like some other websites as well to look for the items to resell on Amazon. I would say see any website, you kind of have to get a mm -hmm. feel for it when you're reverse sourcing. Like if you're into sport goods, places like Academy, Academy Sportswear, Famous Footwear, Hippie Sports, places like that. If you're into beauty products, Sephora, Kohl's, Ulta, stuff like that. So it kind of depends on mm -hmm. the niche of the product. And I, I, I don't typically go to eBay to find my products. So. Oh, right, right. So at the moment, do you do like mostly online arbitrage or you also do something else? So at the moment, I'm doing online arbitrage, but next year I'm looking to scale into more equity and cash flow based businesses, mm -hmm. which would be wholesale and private label. So you want to try with wholesale and private label. And how do you decide that like it's a good time for you to try because i know like actually a lot of sellers that try to avoid to do the private label right because then like you need to create your own demand for the product so like and for you like what do you want to try with private label and how would you create the demand for your own items what do you plan for that yeah so for private label i bought a course actually on it or a mentorship i should say and they kind of go through it where you find a product that already has a lot but not a lot of supply mm -hmm. on amazon a lot of keyword searches and whatnot. And so that halfway solves the demand problem. And then the other way I would get demand is just break even on my product PPC ads. And then after three or four months, mm -hmm. when the product has enough reviews, that's when I'll stop running the ads and let the product sell. Okay. Okay. That sounds interesting. So like in the future, like are you planning to do like um, all of those uh, tactics? I mean, like online arbitrage, wholesale and private label, or in the future you plan to... Uh, stop doing like online arbitration only focus on wholesale and private label so i'll, I'll always be on online arbitrage at, at least in some way shape or form because that's just mm -hmm. what i i guess grew with but my i want to stick to mainly wholesale whilst expanding my private label business on the side so mm -hmm. how about like um like when you personally look for the items to sell like how do you find uh, those items how do you decide that you want to sell in this category and like why do you decide like to sell those particular categories or particular items like how do you usually decide it and choose so it? for me the category doesn't matter as long as it's profit mm -hmm. it makes me money i don't really care which category it's in for me it can't be hazmat or a dangerous good either i just want to risk that and anything that i can buy a lot of pretty much 
mm. anything that I can buy a lot of has a good ROI. It's the item for me. So. And what do you think help you to、uh, scale up your business? Like, do you think、uh, following like those like rules, your strategies like help you to scale up your business really fast? I think the two things that would scale up your business really fast, especially if you're a beginner. Well, if you're a beginner, get the basics down. But once you've got those basics down, if you want to go into it, credit is a good option. You know, business credit card or a loan.、Mm-hmm. Don't over leverage yourself. Keep it very safe. Mitigate your risk. And the second thing I would say is just talk with other people, network with other sellers, build friendships, see what they're selling and what they're doing, and see if you can get a grasp on that, and then share what you're selling. Maybe there's something they can learn from All right, you. Right. So, how about the repricer? Like, when did you start to use a repricer? I started using a repricer about two weeks, selling on Amazon, and I saw immediate,、mm-hmm. an immediate boost.、Uh, I used Be Cool. Always been Be Cool. Be Cool forever. <laughs> And it's the best. Like my sales instantly boosted. This December, I forgot to add Be Cool for the first two days, and I was doing around seven、mm-hmm. to five thousand in sales on December first and second. Enabled Be Cool, and I had my record days: twenty six and twenty seven thousand. So just by using a Be Cool repricer, like it helped you to scale up your business really fast, right? Yeah, and it's great too because if you use a repricer like Be Cool, you can get your、mm-hmm. products sold faster. Capital gets returned to you faster. You can reinvest. You have less turnover, and so you grow a lot faster. Oh yeah, that's true. And before using repricer, did you reprice manually, or you just didn't reprice at all? I, I would reprice manually, but again, I was just starting out, so I had about two or three products. It wasn't much of a hassle. But once、oh, yeah, I started exceeding my catalog, using something like Beacle, where I can add tons of repricing rules, more on on ton of products. In a very fast and timely、mm-hmm. manner, that was kind of a game changer for me. In Bicol Repricer, like what kind of rules do you usually use? So my big one is AI Equalizer, but it also depends、mm-hmm. on the monthly volume the listing gets. So for me, if there's a lot of sellers and there's a not the best amount of monthly sales, I'm going to put on AI Sales Maximizer. If it gets a good amount of sales and high volume, decent. To low amount of sellers, it's always AI equalizer. Oh, I see, I see. So, is it like you're gonna for a specific item? Like at first, you're gonna assign like one rule. Then, like maybe like after a few days, like if you see like sales, like stay the same or go up, like you will switch to another rule. Like, is this how you're gonna do at the moment? That's kind of how I do it. Actually, I'll start at a, a high minimum price, and I'll enable AI. If I'm not getting sales, I lower my minimum price. And if I'm still not getting, I'm gonna try sales maximizer. If that doesn't work, I just got to keep lowering my minimum price. So okay, okay, that's pretty good. And、uh, like, how many days you would check your prices and results? Every day, you got to make sure every day. Oh wow! Every day, yeah. And we also have like a conditional repricer, which also can be useful for you because that is can help you to set up all those rules. Like, for example, you can set up different conditions, and like it will help you to switch automatically, like、uh, when it meets different conditions. So maybe like you, you can check it out. So it's like similar to AI, like but like for same listing, you can assign like different like different rules. So like every time, like it will change. Like for example, once it reached the amount of sales you you expected, like it will switch to another rule. Or if these sales didn't go up, like it will change the rule or lower down your ROI, like all price. So like I think it's pretty useful as well for the Amazon sellers. Interesting.、Uh, I'll have to look into that because I've only used 
just a single AI rule, I guess. Yeah, because it looks more complicated. So a lot of sellers, they <laughs> probably get scared when they see it, but like it's really useful and it's really like can help you to save even more time and have like probably even more sales. Now I want to ask you like, how about like listings? Like when people start out, like what do you think, like how many listings they should have? It all depends on your capital and how much you spend. I would mm -hmm. recommend getting a, 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 at least three to five listings. That way, if one listing starts to tank in price, you still mitigate your risk with four other listings. So you're not losing a lot of money if it could go under. But besides that, it, it kind of depends on how much capital you have to start, as well as how deep you go on the products. So now I want to ask you, James, like how much money do you think is reasonable to start Amazon business, let's say like in 2023? So in 2023, I would say if you're starting out with a smaller amount of capital, anything less than $500, I would recommend books because you're going to mm -hmm. waste your profits on reinvesting in your software. And you're not going to get it anywhere with online arbitrage or wholesale, at least if you don't choose very highly profitable items. If you have between 1,000, 2,000, any, anything between anything less than 100,000, I would recommend online arbitrage. Maybe wholesale, mm -hmm. but it's a lot easier to get started with online arbitrage. And anything higher than 50,000, online arbitrage is still great, but I think wholesale and we private label is the avenue you want to go if you want to scale. Do you think like how much money you think is possible to make, let's say if you start with 500 uh, with the books and let's say you start with 2,000 or 3,000 with online arbitration or you start with 50,000 with uh, wholesale or private label, like how do you think, like how much money is it possible to make from those different uh, budgets? Yeah, so it, it kind of depends on the return on investment of the product. For books, depending on where you source them, you can go to library sales or thrift shops. Goodwills or whatnot, those ROIs are very high, especially for textbooks. So $500 can easily be doubled, tripled, whatnot. Mm -hmm. With online arbitrage, if you're starting out with $2,000, I would say a good year for an ROI, especially for sourcing with a, a minimum ROI of 25, you can easily make 500, 600, $700. I think that's pretty reasonable. And then with wholesale, it's a bit different because you have to build relationships with your suppliers. You get better deals as you go. But when you're starting out, I think 20 to 30% ROI is a good range, maybe 15%. So if you're starting out with 50 grand, maybe 8, 10, 12,000 is a good profit guesstimate. And then mm. private label, private label, it's a bit different. It's not a exponential type growth, growth curve. It's more of a, a linear curve, but you add more products as you go. So it's exponential, if that makes sense. And for, I think purchase order is, for me, going to follow is between 100 and 200%. So if I'm starting out with $5,000 $5, invested in inventory, I can expect to make between five and $10,000 back on that. All right, right. When you start like any kind of like business, right? Like doesn't matter with like what budget, like it's easy to make a lot of mistakes. What would you suggest to people to avoid those mistakes? Like what do you need to do like to avoid to have like those kind of like mistakes? So like uh, when you start out like on Amazon. So for me to avoid those mistakes, I kind of, the course I went through kind of outlined them with those mistakes. And if there's any nitty type mistakes, I would ask the, community that the course came with and ask them hey like is this is something bad going to happen if i do this what mistakes should i avoid on this listing and that's kind of how i got my advice i didn't really make many mistakes in the beginning and i because of that the community and the course pretty much educated me on all of them most of them. so okay okay now like i, I want to ask you what do you think of 
uh, working with Amazon VAs? Do you think it's necessary and helpful? And like, what, what, what is your thoughts about that? So I know a lot of people that do $200,000, $300,000 a month in sales. Some of them have VAs and some of them don't. Both of them do great or all of them do great. And so it kind of depends on what you want for your business. If you're more focused on going wide in products, you want to, I would recommend getting a VA. If you're more on going deep on products, except, except ROI, but a lot faster sales and turnover, then I don't think a VA is necessary, but it's kind of up to you. So. All right. How about yourself? Like, like are you thinking to start working with VAs or you think it's uh, not necessary? So right now I don't have a VA, but I think later in the future, I'll uh -huh. hire one for wholesale to reach out to suppliers and distributors for me. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my plan with the, with the VAs. Okay, perfect, perfect. And how about like, uh, what kind of parts of jobs you think it's uh, easy to outsource and should be outsourced? And what kind of jobs you think Amazon seller they need to do by themselves? So in theory, you can outsource almost anything with an Amazon business. I think at the max though, for me personally, if I were to go the VA route, you could outsource your repricing, your sourcing, your buying. I think the only part where you need a an owner to oversee that would just be the finances and oversight of the entire thing. Perfect, perfect. And also, like, I'm kind of curious, uh, what is your thoughts about retail arbitrage? Because we you mentioned like online arbitrage, like wholesale and private label. And how about like retail arbitrage? Yeah, so I think retail arbitrage is great, especially if you're just starting out because mm -hmm. you can find some really good deals and really good products that could have really high returns on investment, ROIs. And I think it's great. The thing for me though, that doesn't make it really, I guess, that doesn't really make a path that it's not scalable. Things like online arbitrage and wholesale, they have scalable models. Whereas with retail arbitrage, you have to be the one going in stores, scanning the products and whatnot. Whereas with online arbitrage or wholesale, you're just at the click of a button, buy next, oh, yeah, right. next product. So that's, that's my take. Mm -hmm. Like you need to invest like way more time like to do retail arbitrage, but like returns is not necessarily going to be higher. Yeah. Is it right? Yeah. For your business, like do you use a lot of different like uh, coupon systems? Like let's say like Honey or like some other one, like which will have like some like uh, cashback? Yeah. So the big three ones, yeah, the big three coupon sites that I use are Honey, Rakuten, Capital One Shopping. If Honey doesn't have a coupon, Rakuten may have one. Rakuten doesn't have one. Capital One may have one. So I always mm -hmm. try out those three coupon sites, but that's kind of, that's my strategy with coupons. And how much money do you think it helps you to get back? Like, or like how much money it helps you to save by using those like a coupon, like a cashback uh, services? So in terms of cashback, I don't factor in cashback into my return. It's more of like an end of year bonus. Mm -hmm. But for coupons, they can make or, big, make or break a product. You know what I mean? So if a product is $20, coupon may bring it down to $12. And that makes the product profitable. So it kind of depends on the oh, coupon that's and true, whatnot. That's true. So. And also, like, I'm kind of curious, like, when you get your inventory, like, how do you plan, like, uh, like for how long do you want to sell that inventory? Do you usually keep inventory for a month ahead or for two months ahead or maybe just, like, for a few weeks? So as soon as I get inventory, I send it in to Amazon. I want to mm -hmm. get it sold as fast as I can and get my money back to me so I can reinvest. Also like as soon as possible. So probably like just like a month of inventory or like a few weeks of inventory. Is that correct? Yeah. Around that. Mm. 
Okay, perfect, perfect. Also, like, I'm kind of curious, like, in the future when you do the private label, will you also, like, sell on other platforms or you want to sell only on Amazon, like, still? Yeah, so I think with private label, my big goal in the future is to be a distribution company with wholesale and possibly my private label products. Mm -hmm. But starting now, I think private label on Amazon is a good way to go. Maybe expand it to the Walmart marketplace, but for now, it's Amazon. All right, right. And also, like, what kind of products do you think it's uh, the best to sell if you do the private label? Is it like electronics or like something else? I think anything that doesn't involve batteries, liquids, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Things that are easy, household items, kitchen items, office items, maybe if they're not, if you don't have electronics, things like that, garden tools, so... And also like kind of like not too big items, right? Like so you don't need to pay too much for like for delivery as well. Yeah, just a smaller item is kind of what I'm shooting for. And for the items you sell at the moment, like do you need to do like any quality control for the items you sell? Like it's not necessary? I think for some items, yes. But for the most part, not really, no. My supplier, or I guess the sites that send me the products do a pretty good job of calling themselves. So it kind of makes my job pretty easy okay perfect perfect and also like i'm kind of curious like oh, like what do you usually do like at your free time like when you're not an amazon seller like what do you usually do in my free time uh, i like hanging out with friends i live in utah so mm -hmm. fishing and hiking is camping as well as a huge like favorite pastime i guess of mine reading i enjoy reading so playing chess as well It's another favorite. Oh, playing chess. Okay, this is pretty cool. And also like for the reading books, like what kind of books would you recommend to people? Me personally, if it's if it's fiction, I, I like Lord of the Rings. It's probably my favorite nonfiction book. Mm -hmm. And if it's fig, wait, if it that, that's fiction. If it's nonfiction, recently read a book called The Almanac of Naval Rab Ravikant. Mm -hmm. And I really like that book. And I, I would recommend any young entrepreneur to take a read on that one. Oh, thank you. Okay, I'll also check out those books and try to read them. Thank you for sharing that. We're getting to the end of our video. Like, thank you so much for sharing like all those tips and like, and also like where people should go to find you. Like, is there like a social media or somewhere people should go and follow you? Yeah. So I have two. My Instagram is mm -hmm. Jimmy FBA. And then my Twitter is FBA Jimmy. Oh, perfect. So we're definitely going to include those links so people go and follow you and check out. If people follow, they can learn more about Amazon, right? And Yeah, I, I try to help as many people as I can through my social media platform. That's kind of my goal. So yeah, mm -hmm. drop a follow. In the future, are you planning to open a YouTube channel as well? Yeah, I, I think later this December, I plan to launch a YouTube channel. Oh, wow, wow. That's great. I'm excited about that. <laughs> so like we're gonna include those links so definitely go and follow james on jimmy fba so thank you so much james for sharing like all those tips like i think it's great and it's really useful i personally learned a lot today like in today's video so thank you so much for today's video yeah thank you for having me on see you next time thanks for staying with us until the very end let us know if jimmy fba's story inspired you if he could scale up his business in just a few months let's see how fast he'll grow in one year I hope you learned something new today. We have more stories with other successful Amazon sellers on our YouTube channel. You can find it by searching BeQual. If you sell on Amazon, don't forget to try it out for a 14-day free trial for a BeQual AI repricer. We keep bringing new features to help you keep winning the buy box and getting more sales. Many successful Amazon sellers use BeQual's AI and conditional repricer. We're BeQual. We keep innovating to help you stay cool with your Amazon business. Thank you for listening. 
If you'd like to stay connected with our weekly new episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, or any other streaming platform you prefer. Let's continue our journey to become the next Amazon top seller.